Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Can We Please Talk Podcast. As always, I'm Mike Lee. And I'm Nick Severa. Nick, my friend, we are halfway there as Bon Jovi is playing in the background at the halfway point here of the year. And our episode today is going to take a look back at some of the topics that we've discussed, some of the fantastic guests that we have had on the program. It's been a fun uh, six months, specifically on the show. As always, if you want to engage in the conversations with us, email us at canwepleasetalkpodcast at yahoo.com. You can follow us on social, IG, TikTok at Can We Please Talk Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Can We Please Talk. Uh, so hit us up there. We really want to continue the conversation. We appreciate all the fans, watchers, listeners, however you consume our content. We thank you so much. Uh, before we get into our episode and some of our favorite moments, I did want to Take a side note, um, obviously, as of this taping uh, and what happened in Surfside uh, a few weeks back, uh, it's very tragic and something near and dear to me because I did live once upon a time about six or seven blocks away from, from that building over on 88th uh, and Collins. Um, so I'm, it's a little bit emotional for me because having you know friends that still live in the area, specifically in the surrounding area, knowing that area very well, lived there for a good portion of my life. Uh, it's very sad what, what has happened in Surfside. Our hearts go out to all the victims that are lost. Uh, as a recent count of this taping, 18 plus victims so far and still a lot of people unaccounted for. So we hope that you know, our thoughts and prayers and, and hopefully people are found, um, you know, and can be returned to their families. It's so tragic. And we're going to be devoting an episode in the coming weeks on the collapse and talking to some people 
down in the field down there uh, that have been doing some fantastic work reporting on this. Um, Nick, I know you you had some thoughts on the Surfside building collapse is such a sad, um, you know, uh, what happened there for the, for the folks down in Florida, specifically, you know, this happening in the wee hours of the morning. Um, the reports have come out about the building and the structural damages that were that were unaccounted for, or at least not taken heed of. Um, give me some quick thoughts before we get into our episode tonight about that. Yeah, first, um, it's not it's important to emphasize the humanity here or and, and sadly, the loss of it. Um, but it's hard to ignore that we're looking at yet another example, um, of crumbling infrastructure. You know, we're seeing this in this building a couple of weeks ago, Mike, you and I talked about the situation in Texas. Um, you know, right now we, we see evidence ongoing that the United States of America has a challenge with this. You know, we don't do a good job of trying to be preventative. We don't do a good job of being able to repair buildings, fix structures, unless it happens to be commercial property where, you know, billionaires or, you know, super rich people are just putting up another, you know, fill in the blank chain. Um, these are residences. These are homes. And we're not doing due justice taking care of these buildings. And I think Florida needs to examine itself. Um, and I think the city needs to examine itself, too. But um but all that is the larger conversation. I think right now, all we can do is hope for the people that are that have survived, find those who have not, um, and let some and let the healing start. You know, let, just all we can do is offer our thoughts to to those who've who've lost someone um, and had any tough times related to, to related to that to the building or to the the crumbling building. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I, I know somebody that that passed away in the building. A, a friend of a friend's grandmother that passed away in the building. So, hearts, hearts, and and thoughts That's and terrible. prayers going out um, for that. Like I mentioned, we're going to be in the coming weeks doing an episode on that. We'll get into that more later on about some of the upcoming topics and guests that we're going to have on the program. Um, let's shift gears as as naturally as we can um, to our episode for today. Uh, and by the way, ha happy belated 4th of July for everybody who is listening to this episode. Uh, we thank you again for listening and watching. Some of our favorite moments and topics that we have had on the program uh, recently of note, uh, there's been some that have coincided uh, with the world of news. Uh, uh, some have been about, you know, like support groups when we had Christy Valdeseri on the program last week. Um, Nick, I'm going to turn to you first because I'm going to let you go first here. What's mm -hmm. one of the topics or guests that we've had on the program over the last couple of months that has really resonated with you and you, you came away from that conversation, you know, feeling a little bit better, hopeful. Well, well, give me, give me somebody that you recently, that we recently spoke with that left that for you. Um, yeah, a, a couple do come to mind. Um, you know, one, I think that's someone you're sitting with, but I'm like, I'm not going to steal that person from you. Um, you know, funny enough, I'm going to start with Sabrina. Uh, Sabrina Rodriguez, friend of the show, two-time guest. Um, her last appearance talking about what was going on at the southern border. Um, you know, one of the things I love about this show is that we we do a we do a good job of just talking to talking to the right people about the issues that matter. And Sabrina's reporting as to what's going on at the border and having her on shedding light historically what's been what has been happening that this is not about a particular presidential administration but something that multiple administrations just keep kicking this issue down the curb and i thought she did a great job of really just giving appropriate and just content and the the right context to to help all of us understand 
what is what is something that's not being reported nearly enough to better understand what's happening at the border? I mean, I think my biggest takeaway from when I went down there, which I mean, that was like a formative experience, just not as a not as a journalist, not as an immigration reporter, but just genuinely like as a human being, like going there and firsthand seeing the families small, you know, we, you hear this rhetoric, you hear all the rhetoric around it of this crisis and this invasion and all these people are storming the border and there's a surge and all this stuff. And then you actually go there and you actually see it. And you see all these like young mothers, like 22 year old mothers younger than me that are like holding their three-year-old children, like, you know, and are, are coming with multiple children. And, and you're like, invasion, crisis, surge, like it, it, you, it's just a whole different picture. But I think the biggest thing for me from being down there was all these people along the border, like border officials, I'm talking about, you know, the mayors of border towns, I'm talking about the people that work at the nonprofits that run, you know, the nonprofits that are helping these people that are arriving. They've all seen this for decades. And you know, and, and I felt like I was like, oh, wow, I'm like, I'm literally being the media right now. And part of this, because I'm, you know, there's the whole question of the crisis. And now I'm flying in to see what the situation is. And you talk to them and they're like, yeah, all these reporters come every two years. And then every member of Congress comes and says whatever their talking point is. If they're a Democrat, they come and defend the Democrat. If they're a Republican, they come and defend the Republican and they cross fire on this. And then they go back to Washington and they do nothing. And they come back to Washington and they put out all these press releases and do press conferences about whatever's in their interest. But then when it comes down to doing something, they don't do something. And we're the ones that on the day to day are actually trying to like figure it out. Like these people are arriving and we are trying to figure out, you know, how to feed them. We are trying to figure out how to get them to where they're going, because a lot of people that are coming you know, they're, they're not staying in the Texas border town. They're going to meet family in Boston. They're going to meet family in California They're you know, and, and there's all these people that are dedicated to making that happen. Um, so I feel like if we listened a little more <laughs> to the people along the border that are actually dealing with this on a day to day, um, and have been for years, there's just so much to learn, um, on that front. I thought Sabrina, I agree with you. Sabrina was great about, you know, you know, she's had so many different roles at Politico, but recently, and because obviously we follow each other on social media, seeing her go down to Guatemala and follow Kamala Harris um, on her trip down there to the Triangle Nations, and then seeing also some of her reporting, some of the fantastic work that she's done, the, the, the viewpoints that she gives in her articles from the different lawmakers that she spoke with, people on the ground down there, it's so fantastic to learn some of that stuff. So super helpful for her insight uh, in terms of this issue that gets so polarized here in this country specifically. You know, um, keeping with, you know, the theme of like staying in this political sphere, um, you know, we we told her this when she came on the program. I'm a big fan of Kim Whaley, um, the former U.S. assistant attorney that came on the program. That's a good first round pick. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I'm, I, I think of when you're talking about topics, educating people on things. Kim is doing something similar with her show, Simple Politics, right? That you can check out on YouTube or on her IGTV series. But she's also written these fantastic, like almost like a self-help book, but really about the constitution, why voting matters. And like, these are important things that, you know, some people would just hit the snooze button on because of the topic being discussed. And you shouldn't, 
you know, like, and what I love is, is that she has not only put out these books, not only put out this content, but she's educating younger generation students at the University of Baltimore School of Law about the legalities, about, you know, training people to actually work in the criminal justice system. So I, I just thought a lot of the stuff that Kim spoke about, you know, and the civics education that we talked about with Professor Foner, like there's there's not enough civic engagement in this country. And we even spoke with her about that. Um, I just thought she was fantastic to listen to. Um, but tell us a little bit about Simple Politics, because you've had a few different episodes about some intricate topics, specifically the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and you've really broken it down for the layperson. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about that show and the goals that, that you aim to accomplish? Yeah, thank you for that. So this is on Instagram, and I and when I can, I do it live, but then the, the, the full version does go on YouTube called Simple Politics. And the idea was, after doing hundreds of TV interviews, podcasts, they tend to be better, but a lot of NPR, short radio hits, I found myself wanting to not just go deeper, but but to start from the beginning and break everything down. If you're a newbie to this topic, let's, let's just start from the basics and then build our way up to the sophistication. Because I found, and you know, maybe this is partly the motivation for you all too, I think people are almost embarrassed sometimes that that they don't know some of these basic civics or say Israel, Israel, Palestine. I mean, I, I didn't know a lot about it. So I invited an expert and I just didn't have the time to do all the deep dive research and have someone really ask the question so that I can get a surgical answer and not read 15 articles and still not see how the dots connected. So the goal of the show is to get somebody on that, that I know how to answer, ask the questions as a law professor and done a little bit of background to connect the dots, dot to dot to dot. So as you indicated, I've got an expert on China on there, Bonnie Glazer, if you wanna know, why are we so worried about China? Why should Americans care? Lots of legal stuff, of course. Great show on poverty in America, breaking down tremendous myths um, and how really capitalists, you know, big corporations should get behind a hike in the minimum wage. Using your logical mind to see a different point of view. Um, and I just do it because it's fun, frankly, and I get to meet really interesting people and learn a ton. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, I think you know how I feel about civics, civics instruction. I mean, it's, it's something that we just simply don't do or we don't do well as a country. Uh, and you can theorize why that is. Um, and I think that that has the makings of its own episode. But, um, but Kim brings up really important points about that. Um, and I, she was a phenomenal guest because I think her, her books also really do a good job of just driving that point home and just making it easy, easier for lay people like us, you know, for those who are just, we are aware of this thing called the constitution, but the ability to read it, to understand and understand why it matters, I think was the foot was the foot not on, I think was the focus of her, of her book. So just a fantastic guest and uh, did a great job of, you know, making me feel validated of <laughs> something I've been very critical of the fact that we simply don't teach civics. We tend to focus more on history than actual the process of being civically engaged as an American citizen. And Kim brought that point, brought that point home. Nick, a quick break here as today's episode is brought to you by the good folks at Omeo. Omeo.com is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Nick, last time we did this read, you were talking about some dumb business trip you're going on. I don't care about the business trip. Where's Nick Zaveri taking the family? Where, 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 what's an ideal destination for the Zaveris? 
It's probably going to still be domestic, bro. <laughs> we got to yeah. get these girls vaccinated. Um, but no, I think our hope would be to, you know, possibly get it back, get it out to Colorado. You know, we've been to Denver a couple of times. Nice. I have friends living out there. Um, I I just in, just enjoy the flight. You know, not too many hours. Great for the baby. Um, I could see us possibly heading a little further west. Actually, Texas is a possibility. We've got friends in Austin, Houston, and all over the, the great state. So that's also there too. But yeah, but don't sleep on the business opportunity, man. The company's yeah. blowing up. I'm heading down to Fort I got to get down to Fort Smith, Arkansas at some point, and I need help. Well, hold on a second, because I don't know if homeo.com is booking for Fort Smith, Arkansas, but but you can enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. Nick, you're going to need about That's two of those. You're gonna need about, need. You may need about two or three of those to get to Fort Smith, Arkansas. But it's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. And the best of all, Nick, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win. In my book, the copy says our books, but it's a win in my book, folks. There it is. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer. You know, I got to be honest. There's a heat wave going on right now. You know, it's pretty hot right now. Dude, I saw a text message about New York City, man. Have you turned off the AC? Are you doing your part as a, as a, as a citizen? I thought the text message was from Omeo telling me, <laughs> hey, you need to get by a resort pool or something like that because it's way too hot. Oh, my. Oh, it is. It's a scorcher. But listen, right now, Nick, check this out. I'm going to give our listeners and you too, my friend. Head to omeo.com. You're going to use the code OMIO, O-M-I-O-5 at checkout, okay? That's valid until July 31st for new users. All the modes of transportation that you want to book there, you're going to get a discount. Just go to omeo.com and book or whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. There's a link in the show notes right there. Click on that link. Omeo.com. It's just a pick-me-up for your 2021 travel needs. Terms and conditions may apply. Yeah. So who's somebody else that um, it, it kind of left you saying, boy, I could listen to that person. Like I just felt more educated after hearing them talk. I know you had a couple of people that we were talking about in the pre-show um, of, of just guests that really kind of resonated with us and, and is why the basis for today's episode. Yeah. The, the person I've gotten actually probably the most comments about um all positive. Um, one was kind of lukewarm from someone who comes at this a little bias, and it is what it is. But um, but Jared Fishman, you know, who is a history teacher over at the Hackley School, um, Jared, someone I know you know personally. Uh, I hope to one day be able to hang out with him myself, get a drink with him sometime this summer, maybe. Um, Jared took probably one of the most contentious, um, just one of the most controversial discussions that we have in this country, actually, when we talk about the the crisis in the Middle East uh, and the the ongoing uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And Jared did a phenomenal job of just taking us historically through where, how did this conflict come about? Where is it now? Uh, and for me, as a person on the outside of this, I left it with the understanding that there's a lot of blame to go go around. I didn't walk away feeling one side is wrong than the other. I just feel like this all seems like one gigantic tragedy that seems to play itself out decade after decade after decade. But he did just a great job of making that story accessible and the implications of it very real and just very clear. And that was very similar to the, the thoughts I got from a lot of people who, who particularly that episode particularly stood out to them. 
So we uh, took a number of students um, to the region, and I can tell you, um, you know, firsthand, uh, it's, it is really one of the most memorable trips I've ever taken. Um, the country of Israel, Israel is a beautiful place. Um, one of the coolest things about the trip was it was an educational trip designed to kind of do exactly what you guys are trying to do here with this podcast, which is to kind of educate people, not just about like why Israel is right or why Hamas is wrong or, uh, you know, why the Palestinians might be right or wrong. It was more about learning everything one could about the people and the region and trying to come to some conclusions on your own. That's really what the nature of the trip was. So what was really cool about it was um, our guides, the people that kind of took us around, um, and we went all over the country. Um, they were a mix of uh, Palestinians from the West Bank. And the West Bank is, um, and again, we might get into this a little bit later, the West Bank is basically where Jerusalem is. And the West Bank um, is essentially occupied territory. And again, it could take a really long time to explain what that means. But in short, um, these were lands that were controlled, that were lived in by Palestinians, right? And had been, had been basically controlled by the Jordanians. And in 1967, during the 1967 Six-Day War, the Israelis basically pushed the Jordanians out of that region and essentially took it over, which is where a lot of the issues come from, because now you have Palestinians who are more or less living um, in captivity um, behind walls and behind bunkers, which I've seen with my own eyes. Um, now, again, there's reasons why those structures were built. But um, having Palestinians guide us and... Um, uh, Israeli Arabs guide us and Israeli Jews guide us. We really got a whole picture of sort of what was going on. Another really interesting thing is uh, we actually got to visit Palestine itself. Um, we went to Ramallah. We went to Bethlehem. I got to talk to Palestinians, um, you know, that were living living through this. And again, um, it's a unbelievably beautiful country. Um, you can almost, it's hard to even explain, but you can almost feel the history there. You know, when you're walking through the city of Jerusalem and knowing how many different people sort of pass through um, is really, really a remarkable uh, feeling. Yeah. You know, obviously I've known Jared uh, my entire life uh, because him and I went to high school together. So super proud of, you know, what he has become again, another person educating younger minds, but also somebody who's traveled to the region uh, a few times, um, spoke highly of it, spoke about some instances where, you know, there was a, they had to rush into one of the bomb shelters, you know, because of, you know, a warning that gets uh, sent out there. Um, so, I, you know, he told us that that story off air. So check out that episode. Jared was fantastic. I think you're right. You know, you're towing that fine line. We talk about in that episode, we had a war correspondent that we reached out to that we invited him on the program and he declined, you know, because of the sensitivities around that. So, Super interesting to that. Um, for me, you know, again, another person that I've known uh, for a while that and super personal our relationship, but what this person has become, the book that he wrote, uh, Black Magic, What Black Leaders Learn from Trauma and Triumph. You've seen him around all of the podcast circuits. He's starting his own podcast that's launching soon with, with Audible. Um, and that was Chad Sanders. You know, Chad Sanders, uh, if you haven't gotten his book, like I mentioned, go pick up his book. Uh, check out some of the other interviews that he's done, but all specifically with us. But Chad's um, Chad worked at Silicon Valley. You know, he worked at Google for years. And what happened was, you know, obviously he found he didn't really fit in 
into some of the white culture there uh, at, at, at the Silicon Valley companies. And so once he started becoming more of himself, dressing more of himself, letting his hair up or down, um, he found that he got noticed more, not because of his looks, but but it, it was like more endearing. And all of a sudden he got more promotions from it. He got more responsibilities at work. And so he wrote this book capturing stories from similar black people that have gone through similar experiences. There's so many people in that book that we talked about in the episode, but Quincy Avery, the quarterback coach for Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson uh, and his story, Elaine Welteroff, who's a co-host on CBS's The Talk that you can check out at noon every day. Um, and, and all of these people had similar experiences growing up black, but also being black in a space that's predominantly white. And that's really like the thesis of his book. And there's so many different people that went through trauma and overcame some of that trauma in just their work experiences, their life experiences. Um, I re highly recommend the book, but I also highly recommend listening to Chad because I think Chad is, is there's something about him it's relatable for me. Obviously, I've mentioned it a few times about my father being black and working in tech. I work in tech. So it, it's it, a lot of the book was the similarities that him and I, you know, growing up in middle class families, you know, moving from urban areas to suburban areas. So so many similarities that I took away from Chad and I's experience that, it, you know, it resonated a lot more with me. But I highly encourage the book and checking out uh, Chad's episode when he came on the program with us. You know, Chad, uh, let's get into the book for a second, because there's a bunch of different passages that I took away from the book that were uh, incredible. You can get you can check out Chad's book wherever books are sold. Um, and obviously, you've done so many interviews in the book. Elaine Welteroth, who's a co-host on the talk. Uh, you had Quincy Avery, the quarterback coach for, for Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, um, and asking them each about their experiences growing up. Um, what were some of your takeaways from the people that you interviewed in the book? Because it, there, there's so much synergy with a lot of the different stories. You know, I did find that there was overlap for sure. I found that uh, people talk about breathing a lot. They take like literally their breath and they talked about um, how they could breathe differently, like breathe more fully when they were in spaces that had other people that looked like them. So uh, for me, that applies to, as an example, I spoke to a lot of people that went to HBCUs. They talk about what it was like go going to school wherever they grew up, you know, in more mixed classrooms or in classrooms that had predominantly white student bodies and going to HBCUs and feeling for the historically black colleges and universities, feeling for the first time like they could expand themselves physically. Like I'm not even speaking to who they are emotionally and, and, and mentally, but it it, it translates um, I think something else, you know, that came up time and time again was this feeling of just like loneliness. You know, I think the higher and higher you escalate in a lot of industries, the more you find yourself alone, just isolated in your head, in your thoughts, walking into a room, looking around and having to do all these calculations about who you're going to be in that moment and how you're going to be in that moment. And that isolation is painful. Um, but there are strengths that are born from that isolation. You know, you, you learn how to, um, you, you learn how to see, you, you learn vision, you learn how to read a room, you learn how to see who's the boss here. Uh, what's the culture here? How are decisions being made? And how do I, how do I put myself in, into this system in a way that benefits me? But I would say, Mike, just to answer the flip side of, the, of that, 
I interviewed probably 200 people for this book, maybe a little more, maybe a few more. There's 25, 15 interviews in the book and then my own story. And what I was struck by was how differently some people saw the world with regards to race. I was struck by um, the conflict of, of points of view that I saw in these stories. You know, you have one person saying, uh, it's incredibly damaging to be at a company and it's going to cause you cost you years of therapy to recover from being alone all the time in a company that is predominantly white or, or a, a culture or a college. And then on the other side, you have a partner at McKinsey saying, while it does suck to be the only black dude there or the only black person there, there are advantages you can find in that sort of being that identifiable within a company space. So, you know, the tricky part of writing this book was trying to pull out the the 10 or 12 or 15 skills that I think come out of black experiences based on those interviews. And that's what I tried to do. And, and you'll find those in the book. Yeah. I, I, there's no, not a whole lot I can add to your point about, to your point about chat, honestly. Um, but I think that and you and I, you and I can both connect to this as people of color. Like, yeah, there's moments that you are, you were kind of reminded that you are the other sometimes in these conversations. Um, I think chat speaks about that just really well and really real And that book. He rose phenomenal. So, um, and the fact that actually the three of us have a personal connection, um, you know, uh, uh, through chat and just the mutual friend that you and I had um, in Gregory Nesmith, who's no longer with us. Um, and it was just, it was awesome to just be able to connect with them. Um, you know, thinking about people that we've connected with uh, and who actually like Chad was kind of on the cutting edge of just being real about something that's, you know, that's just going on in the current day. Shout out to Max Brown. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, former USC quarterback. Uh, Max was on our show talking about the experience of being an athlete who never got, never ended up in the place that he wanted to be. And what is life like that when you have to pivot and move into different spaces? Uh, and also told us a fantastic story about um, just working with Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, but the important thing about Max, and we should celebrate that today, Max got it right. You know, the NCAA is now ruling they are going to allow players to be able to profit from their name and likeness. Uh, shout out to Terrell Pryor, who lost games from the NFL because they didn't allow him to have it that way. Shout out to the Raiders right there. But right. um, but Max was dead on. Yeah, you know, we asked him that question: like, well, where do you land on this? And what Max said is, as if I remember correctly, or paraphrasing. Uh, what, what, why am I doing that? Play the clip. Yeah, Mike. yeah, play the clip. And I saw a video that you had put on on I believe it was LinkedIn or some social site talking about uh, that you got a scholarship. So that's pretty much the cost of the education. But then there's the debate of should Max Brown have been paid? You know, he's the starting quarterback at USC. Where do you net out on that debate? Yeah, obviously, a lot to unpack. I think I, it's easier to explain where I net out when it's not talking about myself. So take, let's take the other five-star recruit in my class. Those guys, they also didn't make it to the NFL or some of them didn't. We had like five, five-star guys, four of the guys didn't make it to the NFL. But at one point in time, there are coaches making millions off of those guys for signing those guys and bringing them in as a recruiting class. And maybe they were great college players and they able to make money that way. Yet when they're done with football at 23, 24, 25, there's nothing in their bank account to show for it. And I'm fortunate enough to have people around me. I was fortunate enough to take the steps in college to be able to rebound when my sport didn't work out. But there are guys 
that that rebound never happens. They don't have that adjustment field or it's much, much more difficult. And so you look back on their path and there were these big five-star recruits that recruiting sites were making money, money off of, camps were making money off of, athletic departments were able to sell their jerseys and make money off of, yet they really do not have a ton to show for it. Yes, they have a piece of paper with a degree in hand, but as so many of us know, that isn't always a golden ticket necessarily in terms of lining up a job and making things happen. And so I'm definitely in the camp that athletes should be paid. I'm more in the camp of they should own their image and likeness. And for those that don't know the technical terminology, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're just getting a blank check in their mailbox every single week kind of thing, because that becomes really tough for a school like Rutgers versus USC that might not have the, the funding or the finances, or maybe even Rutgers isn't the best example, but a school even smaller than that. And so by giving players their likeness, it allows Max Brown to go run a camp on his own merit and get money for Max Brown quarterback camp. Just like it, it, it allows my girlfriend who was a volleyball player at USC and has a, it was probably a bigger uh, audience than me. She can go do Victoria Garrick, uh, libero camp at her hometown and collect money that way and there's no title nine issues don't get me wrong more guys will probably get more uh, money than girls just by the platforms but there's no direct uh, title nine issue it's up to you to to get the the, the funds that uh, that you can market for yourself there you go nick see now you see, got the actual right, answer straight from the horse's mouth you know what i mean but um but Matt, yeah, man, I mean, I got to go hit Max and get like a, some tips on a lottery or something like that because he's on the roll. But, but in all seriousness, though, um, you know, Max touched on something that we I think we all knew uh, about the players are commodities and they should be able to be compensated as such. Uh, and that's actually now the law of the land, essentially, according to the NCAA and partly based on what we saw coming out of the Supreme Court, which was a surprising ruling. So it's you a know, new day for an NCAA for an NCAA athlete. You know, it's funny because uh, recently Rutgers University just launched, as of the NCAA ruling, Rutgers launched a program now that will help their student athletes profit off of their likeness. It's almost like the floodgates of that Supreme Court ruling are opening right now. And, you know, Max prognosticating on that months ago, you know, again, here he was the number one high school quarterback recruit went to USC, played against Alabama in some games, won, you know, won a couple games for USC, transferred to Pitt, won some games at Pitt. Um, and, you know, again, his career didn't get to where he wanted to get to, but he knew of the challenges and his, and even he mentioned it on the episode to his girlfriend playing volleyball at USC. She was a big time volleyball recruit. So the fact that they couldn't even, she couldn't even do a camp at her hometown and profit off of that camp because of these rules it's not going to open the floodgates. And you know what? I mean, when you're 18 years old, 19, 20, and you're bringing in billion dollars to an institution, you should be able to get a little bit of a cut, not necessarily from the school, which this doesn't do, but the ability to be able to go make money on your own because you are a known commodity for that school. So we're seeing that happen. Um, another guest for me that you know was a personal topic because, uh, like I mentioned, of my niece who, who has alopecia, but... Christy Valdeseri was on the program, the former SI swimsuit model, um, and check out all her work at baltarage.com backslash join. Um, Christy started the support group during the pandemic because, you know, she struggled when she found out alopecia. 
was hitting her. Um, she started losing patches of hair and then it fully went out. And then it, she tried a bunch of treatments like she told us on the program. And then that didn't work. Uh, she lost a job because of it. And, you know, just really like picking herself up and saying, no, I got to take the power back. Like she told us on the program. And then she starts this support group, which I think is great because a lot of kids, adolescents that do go through alopecia are the ones that are facing this. And like she mentioned to us, you know, I'm an adult. I want to be, I want to show these kids that not only does it get better, but you have the control. Even though you look like this, you have the control. Don't let anybody tell you that you're less than because of the way you look. It's about how you feel about how you look. So I, I thought her message was fantastic and the work she's doing and the work the support groups in general are doing. Um, so Christy was just great when she came on the program and shared her story with us. We have to, at our core, be who we want to be and be ourselves, right? When the whole world forever is trying to put us in a box and have us look this way and go to college and get a job and marry this person, like that's the way that the society makes you feel like you have to do exactly what everyone's doing. And then when it, and it, when you don't know any different, you're like, oh, that's just what life goes, happens. And then when you go through something that totally flips your world upside down, it's like, wait, why do I have to be blonde to be defined as beautiful? So I'm just, I would tell anyone that like, keep going, don't give up, like keep going, keep going. And it, it's, it's not always going to be as painful and as hard as it is right now. And that you have to stay true to who you are and express who you are because we, everybody, everybody has something special to give. So maybe I really believe, like I wholeheartedly believe only special people have alopecia or have hair loss. Like, I don't believe it's a mistake. I think that we're like little droplings of angels that are like, I just walking on the street, people are learning something by seeing me bald. So I, and same with Adriana and little girls, when they see someone bald, like you, they are experiencing something personally just by seeing that. And I think that that is making the world be more beautiful, even though we have to be the ones at the brunt of it experiencing it every day. You know, Mike, oftentimes we have people that come on the show that talk about wanting to give more. Uh, we've had guests that talk about the amazing things that they have done in their lives and they think about, well, how do we share that with others? Because a lot of people we've had on have given advice to other people trying to get into their respective fields or just be able to make it in life. You know, what Christy brings brought, brought on the episode is, what does it look like when you actually do it? <laughs> what happens when you make that commitment um, and you connect to those communities that you that you want so badly to to be able to thrive. Um, her as a dance instructor, um, you know, being able to just perfect example, honestly, Carl Nassib from the Raiders, you know, coming forward as a as a gay man, but basically putting out there that like this is who I am, and immediately numbers tell you that when someone does it that communities respond. LGBT hears that and says, yes, me too. Um, she did that for alopecia, you know, and, and just, that's the perfect analogy that pops in my head. Like someone comes forward and says, yes, I, I'm a model. I'm beautiful. And, and I, and I also have alopecia too. So what of it? I imagine to any, to anyone with alopecia, but especially young women, that means a hell of a lot, especially in an image, image industry that tells us constantly, that defines beauty for us constantly. Christy gave the middle finger and said, I can play this game too. And, and, and in the end, everyone who has this, who has alopecia wins. 
Well said, my friend. Um, I love the story that Christy shared, but I love whenever any guest that we've had on the program not only share the book they've written, the, the movie they've directed, uh, the piece they've written, like Sabrina wrote. Um, there's so many different guests and topics that we have done on the program around news, politics, business, more. Um, so we appreciate everybody tuning in in the coming weeks. Like I mentioned, a little bit of a sneak peek here for what's to come on the program. Nick and I are a little hiatus coming up soon. Uh, Nick's going to have a little vacation time with the family. I as well, I'm going to be relaxing. Um, That's right. And so about in the coming weeks, we are going to be having some fantastic guests that are coming on the program. Uh, Ellie Honig is going to be back on to talk about his new book. And it's so relevant because Bill Barr being in the public eye right now with the recent uh, messages that he uh, uh, conveyed, excuse me, to Donald Trump about the election fraud and what he did with the DOJ and Ellie's book kind of goes into that subject matter. So it's so apropos that that's coming out. We're going to talk about the Surfside building collapse, like I mentioned, with a few uh, people that have been down at the ground reporting for it for the Miami Herald. Um, we're going to talk about public relations with a noted uh, a PR CEO of public uh, of, a, of a big firm. And we're going to discuss some documentaries that are out there. You know, uh, we have a couple not only in the news and politics space, Maybe a QAnon documentarian, something that you've seen recently on HBO Max could be coming on the program, you know, uh, talking a little bit about the world of conspiracy theories and how people get caught up in that. Um, And another fantastic documentary on Showtime that I highly recommend about the glory days of boxing. But it's really how this piece was shot and how boxing and race And the 80s and Reaganomics really affected the culture. And there's a lot of synergy with what's happening nowadays. So all of them, let's go. That's right. All of those topics and more in the coming weeks. Uh, We thank everybody so much for watching, listening to our program. If you're whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now, hit the Patreon link, become a subscriber. You're going to get more exclusive bonus content from all of these episodes. Like we mentioned at the top, IG, TikTok, at Can We Please Talk podcast. Uh, Or you can check us out on Twitter at Can We Please Talk as always, I'm Mike Leon. I'm grateful to be a part of this show and to help grow this community. I am Nick Saveri. That is so well said, my friend. That is very nice of you. You have a good one, everybody. Happy Fourth again. Peace. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.